You're listening to the UAMS AgeWise podcast, the show that brings you beneficial information about healthy aging, caregiving, and so much more. Every episode, we share the latest information about geriatric topics and have some fun along the way. Before we get started, we want to make sure that everyone understands this is an educational and conversational event. We are not giving medical advice. We are so happy to be with you all. Thanks for joining us. We are the Arkansas Geriatric Education Collaborative. My name is Laura Spradley. We're going to talk to you about Fit Just Takes a Bit, and I love this title. It's so fun. And with me today, I have two special people from the Department of Family and Preventative Medicine right here at UAMS, and they are so excited to talk to us because they have a special grant partnerships in colorectal cancer screening, Arkansas, and they're going to tell us all about the importance of colorectal screening. I want to introduce Mary Beth Curtis. She's a nurse, and then I have uh, Stacy George with me. She's also a nurse and an APRN, so we got all the big wigs on this topic today, so we are so excited. Welcome, Mary Beth and Stacy. Thanks for having us today. We're really happy to be here. Colorectal cancer is the third most common type of cancer in the United States. And in the U.S., it's the second leading cause of death. Um, And our numbers here in Arkansas are very similar. Uh, For women, it's the third leading cause of cancer and the third leading cause of death. And for men, it's the second leading cause of death here in Arkansas. Um, I'd want to say just sometimes we hear patients get confused on the the terminology and because when we're out in clinics, we talk about colorectal cancer and they don't recognize those terms. Mm -hmm. They know it as colon cancer, as bowel cancer, and they they don't recognize colorectal cancer. So we want to make sure we're bringing awareness to the correct terminology as well. Wow. I had no idea it was that prevalent across the United States and particularly in Arkansas. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Mary Beth, you're going to tell us about the types of colorectal cancer screenings that are available. I know I'm in that age group where I've had the big one. I've had the big (laughs) colonoscopy. Please don't make me do that again. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing it, first of all. And, uh, and it's, you do one every 10 years, you know, if you have, if you have a normal, uh, result, Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Stacy and I are. Uh, it's why we're so grateful to be here today because uh, the important thing is educating everyone about this. It's sort of uh, been taboo to talk about. Everyone hears the word colonoscopy and they, you know, get pictures of giant uh, containers of liquid to drink. <laughs> but we we would like to. <laughs> we we just want to sort of break it down, make it understandable. I think that's really important. And what Stacy and I are seeing in our research and our work is that really what is going to move the needle, what is really going to make a difference are the patients. This mm-hmm. is going to have to be the patient asking their physician about their colorectal cancer mm-hmm. screening. Uh, I, I haven't done that yet. You know, am I due? Am I eligible? Mm-hmm. Um just let's just take the word colonoscopy. That is what is called the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And if you, I, I like to do a little teaching because medical terms sound so intimidating. Mm-hmm. But scopy is just another word that means to observe or to mm-hmm. view or to see. And a colon 
scopy is where the doctor can actually go in and use a camera to visualize, to observe, to see the inside of your colon. That is the best way to detect uh, polyps, uh, anything that looks suspicious. They can go ahead and remove those while they're in there. They can send them off for biopsy. So it is what we call the gold standard. Now, uh, a colon oscopy if you break those down, it's just, remember, it's just viewing your colon. And um, also they have uh, what is, uh, they call those direct visualization tests. And there are also colonographies, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, done by CT. And most of us have had a CT scan where they can, uh, a, a graphy the word graphy just means uh, a picture or an image or a record, a record of something. And those are not as common. Uh, you would all, Everything we talk about today, you want to check with your provider, check your insurance, make sure it's covered. Yeah. But there, these terms, we just want you to become familiar with these terms since we're talking about what's available. There is a CT colon and so it's just a picture of the colon. There's a flexible sigmoidoscopy. So we're going to think about those words again. Sigmoid and oscopy is a scope. They're actually looking. Sigmoid is a section of your colon. It's not the whole colon. You have on your left side of your body what they call the ascending colon. You have the transverse, which goes across the top of your, and then the uh, sigmoid or descending, and then your rectum. So your that's on the right side. They can quickly go in there. Uh, you know, they can visualize it. They don't go all the way to the end of the colon, but it's a, it's a not quite as invasive. Uh, and that is called a sigmoidoscopy. So they're only visualizing the sigmoid and the rectum. And then uh, those are do the timelines on those if you have a normal report, like we talked about in colonoscopy, you do those every 10 years. And so, okay, remember that, Laura. <laughs> I know, I'm counting down. <laughs> no, remi remind your doctor. I, think I have two left. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, the, these others that we're talking about. Um, and then there is what I want, we want to talk about today, which are the stool based tests. And uh, FIT, we call it FIT because it actually stands for fecal immunochemical test. Well, po most people just want to say FIT, yeah. okay? And there are different kinds, even there's an F-O-B-T or a F-I-T, everything's an acronym. But you can just ask your doctor, what about a stool-based test? You know, okay. if, if you are average risk, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about that later, average risk for colorectal cancer, you can do a FIT test, which is something you do in the privacy of your own home. You take it home. Uh, you, you, it, and that's where we wanted to come up with FIT just takes a bit because there, there was a, a nightmares, you know, of <laughs> I have to mail in, you know, everything. So we, we just want people to know it's a small little bit. You you do it yourself. You get it with a little brush. You can. There are different ways to, to put it in the container, and you mail it back to your physician. You never have to even leave your home. 
Wow. And these, these are great, great screening tools that are available. And if you are at average risk, uh, you can get one of these done. So you just ask your doc about it. Oh, cool. So you don't even have to walk in the doctor's office with your little... No, no. No, you don't have to bring a baggie full of anything. Or <laughs> Perfect. You just mail it in, and they do a test, and we'll let you know. Oh, that's great. You do need to... Those are done yearly. Okay, so, so maybe at your annual physical, if you haven't, yes. ask the yes. question. Absolutely, just... Okay. Uh, anytime if you go into the doctor, if you haven't done one, you know, we'll talk about screening. The ages have changed. So mm-hmm. it's now 45. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to go ahead and put this in here before I forget about it. Yeah. But I, I, we read an article. There is an article that Stacia and I are aware of that in 2030, 2030, that's eight years from now, the number one cancer-related cause of death for 20 to 49-year-olds is projected to be colorectal cancer. Ooh. So it's, it's like very important. Very, very important. Thanks for yeah. bringing that up. You bet. Okay. Did we cover everything on that question? Thing? You good? Okay. I, I, I'll let you All know. Right. <laughs> Stacy's going to tell us about you know, the, the terminology, high risk, average risk, all those things that get so confusing. So Stacey, help us out here for us lay people. Absolutely. So just first, there's lots of things that can put you at a higher risk or even um, a little more than just average risk. Um, obesity, not being physically active, a diet and um, red meats, a high, you know, high red meat diet, smoking, alcohol, Low vitamin D. Vitamin D we get from the sun. So days like this in Arkansas where it's beautiful and the sun's shining, we need to go out and get some vitamin D. And there are supplements for vitamin D, but outside is the easiest and good for our mental health as well. Um, And as Mary Beth said, since last year, May of 2021, um, the screening age range um, for colorectal cancer dropped to start at age 45. For those who are considered average risk. Um, so that means those patients who are not having any signs or symptoms of colorectal cancer. We're going to talk about signs and symptoms here in just a minute. Um, but people who have a higher risk would be someone with a previous diagnosis of colorectal cancer, um, polyps, um, there's a big word adenomatous, and that's what they're called, but they are precancerous polyps. Um, inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease, um, irritable bowel syndrome, syndrome um, anything like that um, would also put you at a risk. Someone, a first-degree relative, so your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, um, if they have had a history of colorectal cancer, you're clearly at higher risk as well. Um, there are also um, syndromes that cause it. Um, Hmm. put you at higher risk. So Lynch syndrome um, or familial histories of those adenomatous or precancerous polyps um, are things that put you at higher risk. So when we say higher risk, if you're a higher risk patient, you don't have the option of doing those at-home tests because those are for um, average risk patients. So if you are a high risk patient, you need to have 
one of the scopes that Mary Beth explained so well earlier, and where they actually go in and directly visualize your colon to make sure there are not those polyp concerns. Um, a lot of times patients who are at higher risk also have, have their colonoscopies more often. So an average risk patient who has a normal colonoscopy doesn't be received until 10 years. However, if they go in and they find polyps that are concerning, your doctor may tell you that you are a patient who needs to come back every three years or every five years to have that colonoscopy. Okay. Um, one other thing I wanted to add on to something Mary Beth said earlier was talking about, you know, the prep has been one of the, the turnoffs of patients getting a colonoscopy because they're visualizing that large volume of liquid they have to drink and the, the hours they may spend in the bathroom the night before the test. Um, patients we have seen on chart reviews and looking at things that, that patients have done, they ha some patients don't take that serious. And what happens is if they don't complete their prep the way it's intended, they don't have a good scope. So they put themselves at risk by going in and having the scope and then not having a good direct visualization of their of their bowel. And, and we see doctors will say, well, now you need to come back in six months and do this again uh, because we did not get good pictures. And so anyone who's done that knows, do it right the first time yeah. so that you can eliminate as many possibilities of having to come back sooner. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good information. So I guess we, we tell our folks it's the same thing with dementia and Alzheimer's. Always good to know your heredity and your you know, just talk to your family members while they're still around and ask who may or may not have had colon cancers, those kind of things. Yes. Always good to know your background. Can't change it, so you might as well know it, right? That's what we say. Just, and we can deal with it and work preventatively, all those kind of things. That's right. Well, did I cut you off, Stacy? No, that that's all. I know we're going to talk about signs and symptoms next, so. Yeah, yeah. So jump right in about whether, what's the other important a message about signs and symptoms, which I know we probably all ignore, you know. Yes, and, and so many of them are so common for other things. So a lot of times people dismiss them. Um, so main, one, changes in your bowel habits. Um, so we know what our normal routine is, our normal bathroom routine. And if you have a change, let that ring a little bell that you need to be paying attention. So it could be someone who, who has frequent bowel movements or who has a normal schedule, they go from normal to not normal, not having regular bowel movements. It can be someone who's normally has some constipation and um, is now having lots of diarrhea or just the opposite. Someone that usually has real loose stools now has some constipation or have hard time passing um, their stools. Um, rectal bleeding, that is one of the ones that Patients usually pay a little more attention to, but we also know there's other things that cause rectal bleeding, and a lot of times it's dismissed. Oh, I have a, I have a hemorrhoid, um, so they'll they'll say that that's where the blood's coming from. And um, so those are things that if you start to notice, we want you to talk to your provider, your primary care provider, reach out, tell them the signs and symptoms you're having um, so that they can identify if it's an internal source, something inside your body that's causing the bleeding, or if it is something more external. Um, other things that they may have is just persistent or ongoing discomfort in their bowel um, or in their stomach. Um, they may have nausea or vomiting even. They may not be able to eat normally like they, they have in the past. Um, 
They may start to lose weight. Weight loss is, is a common symptom for many, many cancers. So if you are not on a diet and you're not counting your calories or you're not exercising more and you are losing weight, that is a red flag that we want you to pay attention to. It may not be anything, but it could be as something as significant as a, as a type of cancer. I mean, specifically mm -hmm. colorectal cancer. Um, another thing is chronic fatigue, um, being tired, more tired than normal. That is a symptom of, of colorectal cancer, as well as anemia, because remember, I talked about bleeding earlier. Mm -hmm. so a lot of times when we have patients who go into the doctor and they're told they're anemic or their hemoglobin or their hematocrit is low, those are two, two types of tests when they do a complete blood count. Um, they may say, you're, you're a little anemic, we're going to watch this. And one of the sources that patients become anemic from is from their bowel. And um, so they, you know, they'll say, well, I eat a lot of red meat or I eat a lot of greens. Um, sometimes that's not going to take care of it. There may be something else going on. So those are the things we want you to talk to your providers about um, that you can, you can look and know because you know your body better than anybody else. Um, no two patients are alike. Um, you can have textbook cases um, for colorectal cancer or colon cancer. And then, of course, there's always the exception to the rule. So, so you don't want to be the exception that something's overlooked. So know, you, you know your body better than anyone. Please talk to your doctors if you notice anything unusual about um, your, your bowel habits or how you, just, how you feel in general. And then, as you said, just don't be afraid to ask. That's you know, right. about, about the screening and what we, we have to be our own advocate and yeah. so it's is sometimes as frightened as we may be um it's better and, and I, you know with personal experience of cancers in my family I always say it's better to know what we're fighting yeah. so get a plan um is, once we have that plan we can move forward is it pretty obvious to see blood in in their in your stool a lot of times it is the lower in the colon that the blood comes from the more bright red it is. Um, so a lot of times, you know, patients will see that bright red um, blood in the in the toilet bowl or in the water or even mm -hmm. on, on their tissue paper. And right. um, if it's higher in the colon, it's going to look dark and tarry. Um, so those are the things, if you notice really dark black stool, that old blood coming out. Um, oh. So that is, that's another sign. So it's not always bright red. Um, okay. But you have Good to pay attention to the color as well. Okay, good to know. Hey, this is a great time. We have a question from the audience. So we'll take a little break here on our script and ask um, from a person in the audience, am I high risk if my grandmother had colon cancer? Okay, so that's a great question. Typically, it's a it's an immediate relative. So maybe a little more, more than average risk, but no, that's not really what, it goes by first degree relatives. So it's, it's your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, and that, that's where the highest risk comes from. Okay. But absolutely. It's something you want to make sure that you tell your provider, because that's going to be something they're going to watch a little bit closer for you. Okay, great. All right. If anybody else has questions, please send them in. All right, let's see. I lost track here. All right. Did we cover everything that y'all, have y'all thought of anything we forgot? Because we're down to the point where what else could we tell folks today? I think we've covered everything. So I'll leave it up to y'all. But what else would you want to leave our audience with today? Y'all have covered so much. Either I, one of you I, or Stacey, whoever yeah, wants that question. I think that, I think that one uh, thing uh, that we did want to talk about was um, 
this kind of the uh, stigma of uh, colorectal cancer screening and uh, the hesitancy to discuss bowel movements. So it's not just with the patient. And a lot of times it's the providers. And we are part of our job with our grant is to educate providers. And which is how the Fit Just Takes a Bit pin uh, came into being last March. We created the pin that staff could wear. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see it. Yes, we but can. But it was to it was for staff to wear as a reminder to them. Also, uh, where we were hoping that the patient would read it, and you know the poo emoji is very popular. Everybody recognizes it. And but you know what is fit? You know we were just hoping it would start a conversation, mm-hmm. and it would also remind the healthcare provider to oh well I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So, and uh, because traditionally, unless a patient is having a problem, they're probably not going to talk to you about their stool or their bowel habits or Mm -hmm. movements. Well, like Stacy was saying, um, you know, even if it's just the shape of your stool changes, if you start having kind of thin pencil-like stools, and uh, also I like to just teach about words, but stool is the word that's used for, you know, um, what is makes up your bowel movement. So what is normal is undigested food, uh, bacteria, mucus. Um, these are normal parts of a stool, but blood is not. So okay. that is where the FIT test is, that is what it's designed for, is to detect blood. As Stacy said, there is some problem. People have hemorrhoids or something or a fissure mm-hmm. at the rectum and they see the blood, but it's better safe than sorry. You definitely, a, a fit test is so easy. It's mm-hmm. so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And part of what I, how I wanted to transition here is that when we go to the doctor We don't hesitate to think through our mind. You know, we have our eyes tested. We have our hearing tested. We have our mammogram. Mm -hmm. We have our, they check our weight. They -hmm. check our blood pressure. They check our blood. They check everything. You know, we have our, women have their OBGYN tests. Men have their prostate exam. Why are we skipping (laughs) something that is one of the most preventable and uh, treatable cancers. It is, it is uh, uh, 85%. I had a quote, um, 85%. I read in an article, uh, a re, uh, academic article that if people would just get screened, 85% of cancers could be caught and treated. And we're uh, one of our favorite things to say is if one life is saved, it's worth it. It's worth all of this that we're doing. And so have a conversation as you're going through your mind of everything you want to check off and make sure it's okay. Mm -hmm. Think about your colorectal health. Mm. And and one thing that was shocking to us in Arkansas is that of all of the colorectal cancer that is caught and is diagnosed, 
over it's 57 to 61 percent of them are late stage we have got Mm -hmm. to change that that is simply because for some reason we as human beings patients family physicians we just don't want to talk about that or think about that but it's very important and so to have that high of a percentage of late-stage diagnosis, that's also part of what we are trying to do. Increased screening is going to decrease late-stage diagnosis and in, improve uh, survivorship. So, wow. it, yeah, we just, you know, um, just think of it as just part of your health. Right. And we tell our folks to take a little notebook when they go to the doctor because you get in there and you get sidetracked. Yes. I mean, they're, everybody's busy, not just the provider, but we are. We want to go to the doctor and be done in 10 minutes or whatever, you know. So take a list. And I guess we need to add that, you know, colon cancer, colon yes. cancer screening to our long list of things to say, hey, I had never have or it's been 10 years or it, I don't think is, I ever told you that my mom had colon cancer. You know, I guess just make that a... On your list. Yes. And I think in the past, it was sort of, you know, uh, associated with getting older, which is true. I mean, I I, I agree with that. That's a good thing. I can say that now. Every day we're a day older. That's exactly right. You get to be thankful for that. That's right. (laughs) But... But this is starting to become a, a, a problem, an mm-hmm. issue. Colorectal cancer is rearing its ugly head in, in all ages. And so with our audience today, I encourage you as a mother, as a grandmother, as a, a grandfather, whoever you are, speak with your children. Speak, have Talk to your grandkids about it. At least let's start planting the seed about the importance of your colorectal health. It's just a part of your health. And, and all the preventative things we can do, you know, we, yes. we always need to, you know, even, even if you are older, you can still start today doing one small thing to be more preventative, you know, whether Absolutely. that's diet, exercise, if you can quit smoking, we always try to say, you know, and here again, you know, reach out to family and preventive medicine if you have those concerns. Um, they have a yes. wealth of information I, I know over there, especially in the preventive medicine side. So. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't have any more questions from the audience. Um, either one of you want to remind folks how to get in touch with you all? Phone number, website, either one of you? What's the best? Yeah, go ahead. A website for the Partnerships in Colorectal Cancer website. And if we can send that to you, so you could drop it in the comments. So that yeah, Vanessa's going to do that. that. Yeah, she'll do that. I just wanted to see. And I also want to just also point out um, that colorectal cancer screening, when COVID came, really mm. dropped the rate. Lots of elective procedures were canceled or put off. So if you fell into that category of yes. but then it got canceled, make sure that you have reached back out to your provider to have scheduled. And um, remind your provider, you were you told me in 2019, 2020, and it was canceled. We've seen almost 80% of public screenings drop during COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of patients who missed their screenings, um, which puts yeah. us at high risk of getting late stage diagnosis. So go to the doctor, talk to them, remind them if you're 45 or over. Mm-hmm. My time, I need to be yep. screened. 
<laughs> I think we, we all kind of fell into that boat with COVID. It was hard to get on a schedule to get your, you know, your physicals and all those kind of things. So what Stacy was reminding all of us is that if you've missed some of those important things, just get back on the wagon and get, get your physical scheduled. Or if you have concerns, get an appointment. I don't have anything else. So everybody go out. And as Stacy said, we need vitamin D. So I'm going to go out and walk around the building. <laughs> get my vitamin D and get my lunch. So everybody have a great rest of your day. If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all the educational episodes we have planned. You can find all of the information about this episode and our social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to leave a review or drop us a comment telling us what you'd like to see in the future. At agec.uams.edu, you'll be able to find free resources and programs that we offer. See you next time.